0: You're listening to Manx Radio, and I'm Judith Lay, welcoming you to the podcast of the Manx Sky at Night with Howard Parkin.
1: Twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I wonder what you are. We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard.
0: And there is the familiar music that tells us that Howard Parkin is in the studio and it is time for another edition of The Manx Sky at Night. Faster Mai, Howard, you're to you, very welcome good to to be here again. It's good to see you again. Now, come on, let's jump straight in because you've given me a few notes and I think we've got about two hours worth of conversation (laughs) here, haven't we? At least. Right. So let's start with the fact that you must be very happy because
2: the nights are getting darker. Oh, definitely. I mean, we've had some lovely nights in the last few weeks. Not tonight, Unfortunately. Um, but it's uh, we've had a, a good few clear nights, and uh, the planet Jupiter can't be mistaken. The amount of people have said to me, what's that bright star on the eastern horizon or the southern horizon, depending what time they're looking at? And that's the planet Jupiter, which is really dominating our autumnal skies at the moment. And you know, not far away from it, about a, the width of your, your hand held at arm's length uh, horizontally, uh, you've got Saturn as well. And if you've got a small telescope, have a look at that. See the rings of Saturn, and you'll be absolutely blown away by this Wonderful ringed planet in our solar system that is so beautiful, but this is a it's a great time of the year astronomy autumn because we've we've got away from the light nights of summer obviously and we have a number of faint stars around. Jupiter is much much brighter than any of the stars in the sky at the moment, and um, but. Uh, there's lots of faint stars around, but you know you've only got to wait till after midnight or three o'clock in the morning, some of that, and you'll see all the the wonderful bright stars of winter starting to rise. Um, I was up the other night, um, about three o'clock, and I looked out the window, and there was Orion dominating the sky. And I think when you see Orion for the first time in the spring, uh, in the autumn, you know winter's on the way. And uh, the, the the amount of bright stars we have in the winter months is nothing like what we see in autumn. So we start off gently in the autumn months. And then, of course, we lead on to the majestic spring, air, uh, summer constellations. Uh, sorry, winter constellations, which we'll um, we'll come on to uh, in a few months' time. And Venus getting higher. Yes, Venus is making an appearance now. It's been very low. It's been a long time coming because it's been rising in a at an oblique angle to the the horizon. So as a result, although you can see it if you know where to look for it, but now it's getting much brighter. And in fact, on the 9th of October, in about two weeks' time, um, the young crescent moon, will be about a two-day-old moon, uh, and Venus will be very, very close to each other. So that's something to look out for on the 9th of October. Venus and uh, the Moon being very close together, and of course, uh, Jupiter is getting heading towards the southwest and the western horizon, and towards the end, middle, uh, towards the end and the middle of uh, October. We're going to have Jupiter, Saturn, the Moon and Venus all in a long line across the sky. So some quite spectacular things to look for in, in our October in October skies.
0: We just have to take the opportunity when the sky is, is clear enough. There have been some lovely pictures circulating on social media of the Moon over the last couple of nights. Oh yes. Friday night, Saturday night I think it it's was. It's
2: just lovely the way it rises it goes over the sea as well. I mean the Moon does change its, its altitude depending not just on the time of year but also where it is in its orbit. And sometimes you get these wonderful shots of the moon uh, and this beautiful pathway across the sea. The road to Valhalla of course in Viking uh, folklore and it's just stunning and um, I I defy anybody to not be impressed by that never mind what you're looking at obviously it's the moon but um, you don't need to know what's in the night sky to be fascinated by what you can see in some wonderful sights we get to see in the sky.
0: You're absolutely right. And we are so lucky because we are so cl- close to so much sea with mm, the island exactly. being geographically so small that you can see all these lovely effects. and indeed. Not to mention the mountain and when, when you get the, the moon and some cloud below it yeah. in the valleys of the mountain,
2: just oh, it is stunning. Just really, really beautiful. Just enjoy beautiful. it. That's what I say to people. I we mean do. We have got to be realistic. Yes, we do get cloudy nights. Tonight is a horrible night, but hey, it doesn't matter. We'll have a, a few more clear nights in the next few weeks, I'm sure. Yeah, of course we, we will. as we go through the winter, those cold, frosty nights of winter, that's what you want, Judith. Wrap up warm no. and stand outside. When there's snow on the ground, that's when you—that's <laughs> oh, we know about it.
0: Shall we move on, Howard? I, so. <laughs> I think so.
2: I think we'd better <laughs> have. meteor shower that's yes. going to be spoiled. You know already it's going to be spoiled. Yes, unfortunately it is. The Orionid showers probably it's what I would call one of the silver or the bronze meter showers. We've got two really good meter showers, and we'll talk about them another time. Uh, But the Orionids, along with some of the other showers, are sort of second silver medal or maybe bronze medalist. Uh, But unfortunately, this year the Orionid shower is going to peak just after the full moon. I think the full moon is on the 19th of October. The Orionids peak on the evening of the 20th, 21st. Uh, The Orionids, of course come from the constellation orion so after midnight you'll see meteors streaming up hopefully from the uh, eastern horizon uh, but the moonlight is going to make quite a big difference so unless it's very very uh, bright a very bright meteor and um, you're going to be lucky but always worth giving it a go if you're up around midnight on the 20th 21st of october give it a go and um most showers um, you get to see at least one or two of them in about twenty-minute period, but remember the golden rule of astronomy. I don't stress this enough. Um, make sure you've got your eyes used to the dark. Uh, obviously, with a full moon in the sky, it's not as important, but it's so easy to get to go outside for two seconds, and think, oh, there's nothing there. A couple of bright stars. Forget it and go back inside again. Let your eyes get tuned to the dark, and then you'll see far more. Indeed, you will.
0: Now. You have uh, an endless appetite for talking about all things in the sky. but <laughs> and, and so you'll take any opportunity to give talks and, and meet with groups of people, take them out stargazing. Indeed, And uh, you've got something special coming up at The Sound, yeah. haven't you? Um, uh, in, it, well, what 15th of October is it, now 15th of Howard?
2: October, yes. This is part of the Manx National Heritage Stargazing series. We started them this time last year and uh, unfortunately we lost a couple due to Covid. So I suggested that maybe we reintroduce the ones that was going to Last year, or earlier this year, actually was January, February time, and one of those I'm doing again on the fifteenth of October. Uh, hopefully, it'll be a clear night. Um, but if it's not a clear night, I'll be giving my talk called "Ad Astra," and "Ad Astra" means to the stars, and it's the story of the five spacecraft that are coming or have left our solar system and are now traveling through interstellar space. It's a fascinating story, and some lovely human interest bits in that, which will fascinate people, I hope. Um, so. In one mind, I'm hoping it's a clear night. I can take people out stargazing, but being practical, the chances are you'll probably get to hear my lecture. But if you're interested, 15th of October at the Sound. Uh, there's a two-course meal involved as well, and details are on the MNH website, on the MNH uh, What's On website. And please, I'd love to see you there. Manx National Heritage website for all the details and and how to book.
0: That's indeed the place. The case sounds great. Now I can't actually believe this next bit of information. You are about to start your 37th year <laughs> at University College Island Man. Yeah, I'm afraid so. Uh, 37 years. 37 years. You, you must have started at a very early age. Uh, they don't I'm let five-year-olds do it now, do they, <laughs> Howard?
2: Thank you, Jude. If you know how to flatter somebody... Yes, I started teaching at the college in 1985 when Halley's Comet was coming round. And interestingly, the other night, someone said to me, when was Halley's Comet visible? And I said, 85. Oh, no, it wasn't. It was 86. I said, it was 85. No, it was 86. I says, no, it was at what we call perihelion in March 20, uh, 1986. But it was actually visible from November 1985 onwards. And I started teaching at the college. And, you know, I've been there ever since. They can't get rid of me. Something tells me they don't
0: want to. <laughs> so, what? Obviously, when you're talking about space, there's been a massive change oh, in all the developments so. and all, all of that. But do you sense a
2: change, or or do you find that people just want to know the same things? A lot more interest in the space side. I mean, the astronomy side. The the course is primarily an introduction to observational astronomy. That is the main target, and I try to teach people. I can't. We have a twelve week course, and I try to introduce them to a new constellation each month, maybe a planet, uh, the seasonal nature of the stars, like I talk with you. But the amount of interest in the space missions and the and now the commercial aspects of space, which is pretty new, really, um, always fascinates people, and it never surprises me. Uh, what. Well, I used to get surprised how many people wanted to come along. Uh, I'm delighted to say that this year's class is going ahead because obviously you have to have a certain number to confirm the class is going ahead, which we've already reached. Uh, So I thought if people are interested, come along. And if you like what we're doing on the radio, you and I now, um, we can do more of that on Tuesday nights at the college um, starting on the 5th of October. And so it's just the usual way of signing up, as you would for any of the courses at the the college. Just go on the internet, go to the college, and uh, we'd love to see you there. So I do hope to see some of you there. Well, happy thirty seventh anniversary, Howard. Thank you very much. I'm still waiting for my gold watch, but I think I might have a long wait for that. Oh heavens above! I think you have to do fifty years for that, oh, don't at least you? 50. Yes, and then you get a telegram from the Queen. Oh, and, right, and, and a gold watch. I will hold you to that, Judith. <laughs> I've only got what thirteen years. To I was go. going to say, see you in thirteen <laughs> years.
0: <laughs> right. Why don't we take a little break for some music, because we have got an, a lot to talk about, to do with space, haven't we? We really, have indeed. Right. How about Anne Murray? Now, that was my music choice tonight, Anne Murray's Shadows in the Moonlight. I thought you'd like that, Howard, because not only has it got the moon in it, but it also mentions the Milky Way. How Indeed did you like did. that?
2: I'm, I'm most impressed, Judith. Well done for that one.
0: <laughs> well, you are listening to The Manx Sky at Night, the September edition. Howard Parkin in the studio with me. And we're going out into space now, aren't we, Howard? Indeed. Commercial space flight. Well,
2: Go on. Where do we start? Where do we finish? This year has got to go down in history as probably the year that commercial space exploration started to happen. Beginning of the year, or well, not beginning of the year, the middle of the year, we had Virgin Galactic went up. And we had another SpaceX mission earlier in the year with the SpaceX Dragon, uh, which is, of course, a commercial enterprise ferrying astronauts up to the space station. We've had uh, Jeff Bezos' uh, suborbital flight on his Blue Origin spacecraft. And then, of course, just a couple of weeks ago, we had the um, Inspiration4 mission. And this was really quite dramatic, because this wasn't just a suborbital flight. This was four ordinary citizens. One was a billionaire, admittedly, who paid for the flight, but the other three were just normal, everyday people. You had someone a bit like myself, a a, a space enthusiast. You had a NASA uh, astronaut applicant who was not successful but she really wants to go into space and she got selected to be one of the four and the most inspirational of the four uh, was the young lady who had bone cancer as a young girl and this year to show you this wonderful video about her on netflix and um she was all her hair was lost and she had this broad put in her arm in her leg but she um she recovered and now she wants to be a nurse at this particular hospital Saint Jude's, incidentally, Jude, Judith. You know there's a connection there. We make don't make these things up. Anyway, she went to work at the hospital, and Jared Isaacman, the billionaire who funded this flight, he asked her to be one of the crew, and she knew nothing about it. And she was absolutely overjoyed, and the pictures of them in space, and them looking through the window, and everything else. They went up for three days, and you know what really frustrated me, Judith? It was a lovely, clear night on the Wednesday, and they launched at midnight Wednesday. It was, cl- And it would have been seen from the Isle of Man. I, had, I, I was up at Max Radio talking about it. Uh, it would have been seen on either the Thursday, the Friday or the Saturday nights. It was cloudy every night. They came back Saturday midnight. What happened Sunday night? Beautiful, clear night. It was so frustrating. But, joking apart, this mission really set up the fact that anybody can go into space. And you know who's going into space next year, Judith? You. No, not me, not me. I'm not even on a one way ticket. Tom Cruise. Is Tom it? Cruise is meant to be going into space on a mission in the very near future. He was originally scheduled to be going on the Axiom spacecraft, uh, the first launch of that, but now he's been put back to the second or the third. Him and a film director are going to film in space. This is another private venture, but they're using a Dragon spacecraft again, going up to the International Space Station, and they're going to do some filming. But they've been pipped for the post because only next week, on the 5th of October, there's a Russian film director and a lady actor. They call them actors now. Men or women are actors. I didn't know that until I looked this up. And uh, they're going into space on a uh, Soyuz space rocket. And they're going to do some filming in space for um, a film that's going to be featured in Russia. It's just all go. I can't keep pace with it. Well, no, it's it is just mind boggling. As soon as you said about Tom Cruise,
0: I remembered a while ago hearing a story yeah. about they were proposing to do this and do some filming, which oh. would be then stripped into another film that that they're going to make. That's going exactly. to have some sequences in space. It
2: was meant to be but October. It's... It was meant to be October twenty one, but it got put back to January. Now it's, now they're sending the mission with somebody else, mm. and Tom Cruise is going to go on a later mission mm. uh, with this film director. Yeah, so. But... Anybody can go into space. It's just a question of being the right place in the right time. But uh, it's, it's it's fascinating, and as I say, I can't keep pace with it. Um, yeah. And um, long may it continue. And uh, it just shows that space is becoming a, a thing that is accessible. Okay, let's be realistic. The chances of of me or anyone my age of going to space are remote. But for youngsters out there, you work hard and you you get you dedicate yourself to what you want to doing. The world and beyond is certainly not beyond anybody who is listening to this programme or people who are talking to people who know people who might listen to the programme. Well,
0: you know, Howard, I remember one of the first things that you said when we started doing this programme was that you go into schools and you say to primary school aged children, you will get the opportunity to go into space if you want it. I mean. and, and you're right, it's, this it's, is it's proving happening. you... It's happening Absolutely now. right. It, it sounded, I have to say, that it sounded one of those things you wanted to be true, but a little unlikely. Yeah. And probably the children thought it a little unlikely. But all of this,
2: all of this activity... Yeah. Well, this Inspiration4 mission, I knew it was coming. I've known about it for some time, but it sort of came on us awfully quickly. And then typical, obviously, uh, publicity for it, and you don't blame them for doing this publicity. They're raising a huge amount of money for this hospital where this nurse worked, uh, works, sorry. And um, that's what they're doing it for. And they, they 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 won't discuss the price, but the figure that's been bandied around is that Jared Isaacman, the guy who funded it, paid two hundred million dollars. For four seats on the rocket, but he's going to make something like twice that much in in money mm. for um, publicity for this hospital. So mm. it's it's great, and uh, and know, when who you knows think who it to?
0: well, and when you think of the massive budgets that go into filmmaking now,
2: yeah. huge budgets, that,
0: that that putting a slice of it into mm. filming in space is, is going to become uh, inconsequential, exactly. isn't it?
2: Exactly. But you know what the 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 main, okay the main not the main goal, but the Axiom mission is going to take the film direct up into space and they're going to dock with the International Space Station. Their ultimate goal, I may have mentioned this before, they're going to assemble a space station joined to the International Space Station. They're going to build it in mission by mission and they're going to build a, a smaller, but a space station nonetheless. And then when it's ready, when it's at the right size and it's got its own solar panels and everything else, they're going to detach it from the International Space Station and it will become a free-flying free space Commercial space station that people can go up to, and it'll be nothing to do with the International Space Station, which will le- le- uh, come to the end of its useful life probably at the end of the, this decade. Uh, but we'll have the Axiom one up there, and who knows what else? The Russians are talking about a space station. The Chinese have just come back from their space station, which they've just made operational. They've just announced that the next um, commander of their next mission is going to be a, a Chinese lady astronaut. Um, you know, it's there's no. No discrimination whatsoever. Gender, um, this lady who had the, the, the thing in her leg, she's officially disabled, so it's the first disabled person to go into space. You know, it doesn't stop. If you can dream it, you can do it. Well,
0: yeah, but gender cannot possibly come into this. It's no. got to be people who've got the knowledge.
2: Exactly. That's the, all the it's about. And the and uh, the person is exactly yeah. right. And the temperament as exactly. well, because you have to be of a certain oh, temperament. Yes. So they're actually going to build... Another space station in space. Yeah, they're going to build it alongside the... Well, not alongside, attached to the International Mm. Space Station. And then when they're ready, they'll just separate the two away and it'll free-fly on its own. It's called the Axiom mission, A-X-I-O-M. Nothing to do with the Isle of Man, unfortunately, but Axe, I-O-M. Yeah, well, look. I claim claim links. I claim any link I can get my hands on to. You do, don't you, Howard?
0: You do. You don't let any chance escape. No. Well, I have to say that in the interest of of expanding my knowledge of these things, I watched a video a couple of days ago that I found quite by accident on YouTube. And it was a half-hour film of life in the International Space Station. Now, all of this you will have seen before and I have to say that we all understand the principles of weightlessness and lack, no gravity and all the rest of it. But it is fascinating mm-hmm. to see people going about their everyday tasks, floating around the place and saying, well, it doesn't really matter whether you sleep upside down or the right no, way up because sure you don't know which way up you are. No, it doesn't matter at all. You know, Although,
2: um, I believe on the space station they have painted um, one of the, roof, the the walls is blue um, to make them think that's the roof. So they have got a point of reference because uh, obviously yeah. you need to know up, down, left, or right. Uh, so I understand that they've done that in one of the uh, the modules. Yeah. It has a blue blue ceiling. Interestingly, this film was in black and white. Right, but it was very
0: very clear. I mean, the fact mm. that it was. You know, pin sharp, and you could. There was no question of wondering what you were looking at. You yeah. could see exactly what you were looking at: to Incredible. sheets of paper and clipboards, and you know all the badges on people's clothing. And it, it was a fascinating, fascinating I must look film. Out for that one myself. There, there's, there are films about pretty much every aspect. Yeah, can believe it.
2: So, the Boeing Starliner. Where are we up to with that? Well, the Boeing Starliner is, um, I mean, in huge trouble. Um, they were meant to be launching the second unmanned mission of Starliner. Uh, earlier this year, uh, then it was put back to August. Then they found a problem, so they scrapped that plan, uh, took it back to the factory to do some more work on it, and now they're saying they hope to launch it no earlier than the end of October, which is next month. Um, but realistically, it probably won't go until probably January, February time, because not only have you got these commercial missions going up and doing their, their bit, you've got the SpaceX Dragons going up and doing their bit, you've got Soyuz cargo vessels and carrying people going up um, there's starting to be a traffic jam up there and they're having to make sure that they've got the space to do it so if you miss your slot which is what Boeing did um, in August they missed the slot because of a technical reason uh, and remember this is a um, a flight test this is the one that proves that the vehicle is capable of carrying humans on board and um, so it's got to be right and if it ain't right then they probably won't get a second chance so they've really got to make sure. But, you know, the other day, NASA made an announcement that they reckoned that the SpaceX Dragon, which took the Inspiration4 crew up, I was talking about a moment ago, um, they reckon it's the safest spacecraft ever built. They're actually saying that now because it's got so many uh, redundancy systems in it. That mission that I talked about, um, they had no control. They had no control. They were just passengers. I mean, yes, they could probably do things if they had to, uh, but the whole thing was automated, and it came back, and it was just like clockwork. Great to watch. Amazing,
0: but you do feel that that Boeing is losing Definitely. Um, losing too much ground yeah, at the moment. I mean, the don't two you? of them,
2: SpaceX and Boeing, were side by side for many years, and then NASA announced the crew back in two thousand and sixteen that was going to fly on this um, these two spacecraft, the Dragon and the SpaceX Bear Starliner. And Dragon have been going now for what eighteen months, and um, they're up to their fourth mission going next month again. The, the third um, flight crew um, up to the ISS. Uh, for NASA, that's going up at the end of October. A lot's happening in October, uh, plus the Inspiration One we mentioned earlier, and we're already talking about another half dozen flights behind that next year. Incredible! Oh, trying it, to keep up with it
0: all. I kind, we're can't we're talking,
2: we're, we're talking about it like it's an airport, yes, it's not, not yes, a trip to outer indeed, space, yeah, right?
0: Okay, before we get beaten by the clock. Elon Musk on the Isle of Man, really?
2: Yes, yes. Uh, rumoured to have come to the Isle of Man when the Isle of Man government signed the agreement with Starlink, who is the um, subsidiary of Elon Musk's um, SpaceX company, setting up all these um, satellites that we can see in space. Um, They're building a base here in the Isle of Man on the top of the hill, just literally behind us here. And I'm assured that he came to the island to see it and finalise arrangements. Some months ago, I haven't got any detail and uh, people are being very cagey about it, but I understand he did come to the island. Well... No, we didn't see him, did we? It, no, he was probably just a bit... That maybe
0: was, we, maybe we were too busy. And maybe, we, we were. maybe we missed the call.
2: Yeah, we want to get him at the observatory. That's what I wanted to do.
0: I know you do. Your yeah. day will come. It'll all happen, Howard. I know will. it will, but... Before, while we've got enough time to do it, let's talk about your book because <laughs> it's, it's
2: already, isn't it? It is indeed. It's been a labour of love. I've got a, the only copy in existence in front of me, Judith. It's coming out um, September the 30th, we hope. That's the date um, been printed as we speak. And uh, I'm really delighted with it. It's basically a story. I'll read you the title because people don't understand what it's about. It's called Space for Dark Skies. And then the subtitle is an astronomical miscellany from the Isle of Man. I had to get the word Isle of Man in the title. And it's a paperback book. It's 240 odd pages long. It's fully illustrated in colour. I hope people enjoy it. I've deliberately planned to bring it out now so people can look at it for Christmas maybe. And it will be available in all good bookshops throughout the Isle of Man um, from the the end of this week. And it is, I have had the pleasure of looking at the one and only copy
0: in existence, and I have to say that it is absolutely jam-packed with beautiful photographs and interesting uh, drawings and little explanatory notes and that, because... I think sometimes, they, quite apart from the beauty of the pictures that you've included, are wonderful dark skies and some yeah. lovely effects. That's what of, prompted me to do it, dark skies. Yeah. It's obviously the for it. Sure, and you've got some lovely it. pictures of the moon, the stars, oh, the planets over the good. island. But also, some of the slightly more um, difficult things to, to understand are much easier if there's a little drawing, a graph or yeah. a chart. That's what and I thought when I did it. I was told... See.
2: I was told when I wrote it there was far too many illustrations in it and said, no, that's what I want. I want mm. it to be. I basically don't want pages of text, more no. and more pages of text. No. But, you know, Judith, you do yourself down because I went, to, I was told that the book was ready for me to collect this proof edition and I walked into the premises of Words and Spaces where it's being printed and there was Judith <laughs> doing some other business and I just walked in and there she was. So you were, in fact, the first piece and person other than myself to see the book.
0: Well... It was, it was under wraps it was in a plain brown cover because it was the it was a proof copy but it, it was it was lovely it was just one of those happy
2: coincidences it certainly was and I was delighted you were there
0: and Howard um, we do wish you every possible success Thank with you. the book obviously you're going to be selling it wherever you meet with a group of people okay. but as you say
2: bookshops around the island bookshops around the island at my lectures at my night school at the society meetings things like that so um, obviously I'm, I'm trying to sort out details and everything else that's the next job writing it was easy yeah, all the other stuff's the hard <laughs> selling it is the hardest but it was, part. It's, it's a labour of love. It's something I always want to do. It's my lockdown project, mm-hmm. and to actually see it come to fruition, it really gave me a buzz, it's, I can tell you.
0: It is. It's quite, it's quite an exciting moment. So, congratulations thank on you. getting this far with it, and we wish you very great success with the sales of it. Howard, back on the final Sunday of October yep. with another look at the Manx skies. In the meantime, Howard Parkin, thank you very much indeed for joining us tonight. Thanks, Judith. Faster, now. my.
2: Faster, Mai.
1: Station station makes rain